0: This is the Fearless Minds Podcast, episode 33 with Melissa Costello. Too many people allow fear to rob them of success. So what turns dreaming into doing? Conquering your fear while pursuing life, your goals, and your purpose. Twice a week, Cole Hatter will bring us inside the minds of those who are fearlessly succeeding cole is an author investor award-winning speaker and successful entrepreneur who isn't afraid to give back and lives every day to the fullest now get ready to become a massive achiever it's time for cole hatter presents fearless minds hello hello welcome back to the fearless minds podcast this is cole hatter and you are checking out episode number 33 In episode 33, I had a chance to hang out with and chat with Melissa Costello. Melissa Costello is a nutritional educator and wellness coach. She works one-on-one with clients, teaching them how to live happier, healthier lives through a plant-based whole foods diet. She's also the creator of the Vital Life 30-Day Food-Based Cleanse, which has become super popular amongst celebrities in Hollywood and has a passion for healthy, delicious food and nutrition. It was really cool talking to Melissa and kind of picking her mind because I think that most of us want to be healthier, right? Whether it's losing weight or just overall feeling better, having more energy, whatever it is, I can't think of a person that wouldn't want to feel better. And that really starts with what we're putting in our body with our food, our food habits our diet and what we're choosing to eat. It's so interesting how many people have chronic headaches or even physical pains and joints or are chronically tired no matter how much they sleep. And it's so funny that we don't really stop to think about the fact that At the core of our health is what we're putting inside ourselves, right? It's the food that we're choosing to eat, whether it's nutritional or not, just a bunch of fillers with GMOs and all the other things that are out there that are unhealthy for you that just make you feel full, yet your body's not getting the nutrition it needs. A lot of times, the side effects are things like headaches, things like tired. So then we put more chemicals in our body like caffeine to not feel tired. And it's it's this crazy thing that, that Melissa and I were talking about. And then there are these habits that get built around what we're eating, and then even addictions to things like caffeine and sugars. So, it was kind of cool picking her mind as somebody who I'm not a vegetarian, I'm not vegan, I'm just kind of normal, I just kind of like to eat the healthiest food I can find on menus if I'm in restaurants or eating home with my wife, you know, she'll go grocery shopping and buy the, the healthiest options for us. Uh, we are, Of course, and we're not perfect, we have our cheat days too, I'm a sucker for frozen yogurt and things like that, but overall I would say we eat very, very healthy, clean food. And so talking to Melissa, who is, as she calls herself in this interview, 99 percent vegan with some fish here or there, some cheese here and there, which is uh, still within the vegetarian realm, but vegan is no animal products. Uh, she has obviously a much more maybe the word would be aggressive approach to what she eats and what she consumes for her body and she walks us through that some great steps for those of us that just want to eat better and want to take better care of our bodies some basic guidelines and things for us to start doing immediately she also referenced a handful of books those can all be found over at fmpodcast.com forward slash episode 33 again that's FMPodcast.com slash episode 33. Head on over there. The website for her company, where you can get her different products, resources, books, and cleanses, and all the stuff that Melissa offers, can be found on the website as well. And then different references and resources we talked about in the show. So head on over to FMPodcast.com, check it out, leave us a comment, and always find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at cole hatter you can find me on facebook and instagram forward slash cole hatter send us a message uh let us know what you thought about this episode and if you loved it share it with a friend because she gives again melissa gives some great great tips and some great feedback for those of us that are just looking to not necessarily convert to vegetarian or vegan but definitely looking at being healthier with what we're eating for overall healthier lives this is melissa Costello. Very excited to be joined today by Melissa Costello. Melissa, thanks for taking some time to hang out with us today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: So why don't you just take a second and introduce yourself uh, for the person that's just getting a chance to know you for the first time. Let them know who you are and what you're up to.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I am a certified clinical nutritionist. I've also been a celebrity chef in the past. I cooked for Tony Horton who created P90X and I've done quite a bit of that. And now I'm moving more into working more one-on-one with people and speaking out in the world. So really teaching people how to take small steps to change their diet and live preventatively. And, um, I have a, a degree in spiritual psychology. I have a wellness coaching certification. So my passion really is about, you know, learning how to eat healthy food, changing your life one step at a time to live a preventative, vital life, basically.
0: You know, and I can really appreciate that. I'm uh, in a totally different industry, but a similar purpose in the sense that uh, one of the things that I do uh, that I most enjoy, actually, of all the stuff I do that I take time doing is speaking on stage and helping people change habits and you know change their lives, a lot of which is teaching them entrepreneurial-type skill sets to start businesses, et cetera. But it's kind of their inner mental game where you're doing the same thing, but the physical game, whether it be what they're eating. And and I've been all over your website on Karma Chow, which we'll talk about here in a second. I see that you do some yoga on there as well, talking about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just talked about spiritual psychology. So we're both trying to help people, but totally opposite ends of the spectrum where you're talking about what they're putting in their bodies and I'm talking about how they're using their minds. And so that's kind of cool that we're on similar missions, but uh, totally different playing fields.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: And speaking of mission, it says that your mission is to help educate the planet on healthy whole food eating while working to keep our planet green for generations to come through vegetarianism and eco-conscious solutions. So, let's talk a little bit about that Karma Chow. What's it all about? You know, we we heard your personal mission, that's awesome. What are some of the things that you're doing through Karma Chow for people now?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, really, I mean, I have two books, so that was, that was part of bringing that mission to a broader reach. You know, I have a, I have a full vegan cookbook and then I also have a cleanse book called the clean and 14 detox. And what I really do is I, I set people up for a lifestyle of clean eating versus just giving them some diet or some random, you know, here's this cleanse to do, and then kind of leave them hanging. So it's really about, I actually do work a lot on the mental plane as well and the emotional plane by helping people shift their beliefs around food. And my Clean and 14 Detox book has a lot of um, exercises in it and different things they can do to help them shift their beliefs around food because a lot of people have emotional attachments to food or they, they struggle with overeating or binge eating or things like that. So- I really work with people on that level, too, to help them shift those those kind of habits in that way so that they can, you know, be successful, so they can move forward in their lives with, with you know, things that you're teaching, you know, the entrepreneurship and how do you, you know, keep focused in your business and all that. So you know, I'm really working on that level too, to, you know, help people see their bigger vision for themselves. And a lot of time food gets in the way of that. You know, they use food as a crutch to kind of keep themselves stuck. So that's something that I've been focusing more on. And then obviously, you know, eating a more plant-based diet is so much, number one, better for the body and number two, better for the environment. Um, just because the the factory farming of animals is really depleting the environment more than anything really right now. So Um, you know, eating a more plant-based diet will help is part of the solution of that. So that's one of my passions as well.
0: You know, and it's interesting that you talk about uh, succeeding in these shifts or these lifestyle changes, and what people are eating is really mental. And uh, you mentioned Tony Horton; he was a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he talks about that as well. That mm-hmm. so much of getting healthy and so much of getting fit is the mental challenge. It's
1: uh, yeah, it's absolutely
0: getting up and taking that jog when you're exhausted, or it's putting away some of those comfort foods or, or things that you've just made a habit of eating. And, uh, you know, it's important that you said that, and, and that's a good, that's a good point to bring up that, uh, so much of the battle is, or maybe even the majority of the battle might be at least in the beginning, uh, getting through those mental barriers that you may have put in place and, and just, you know, sticking with these changes. And so, right, you know, it's good that you help people do that as well. I, I would think that if they didn't have that, that it would be kind of be setting them up to fail that. And I see that too in my end is that you can give people all the tools in the world, the exact recipes, strategies, quant, you know, the everything that they need. But, right. if they don't actually use it, then nothing's going to change and so exactly it's, it's, yeah it's a matter <laughs> of setting them up so they 'll actually you know take these recipes and, and then go and use them. We we're talking, Tony and I were saying the same thing that if you want six pack abs, there's a million different YouTube videos out there for free where you can learn right. every single person in the world should have a six pack then because all the information's out there, yet most people don't, and it's that mental side of doing it. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It's, it's the commitment. It's holding yourself accountable. It's not letting, you know, a lot of, a lot of the beliefs stand in the way or, you know, I mean, we all look, we're all human and we all have these, these belief systems set up and, and we're our own biggest enemies at times, you know, where we, where we can totally self-sabotage. I mean, I, I come across people all the time who are like, I do really good for a long time. And then all of a sudden I'll have like a cookie and then I'll, you know, derail and, a lot of times, you know, we have this perfectionistic attitude and it's like if we do one thing, quote unquote, wrong, then we just end up throwing the rest of it away, you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm really helping people to shift that perfectionistic attitude to more of like, you know, let's just take it one thing at a time and really like asking yourself, what's the next best thing for me in this moment, you know? Totally. No, that's yeah. a
0: good point. That's a good way of looking at that. And not even just with eating so much of life, right? People that right. are trying to change anything and, and have three days of whatever. I want to run every single day and they make it the first three days and the fourth right. day they miss it. And now they throw in the towel. It's, uh, it's, it's important that you say that, that, uh, you know, you give yourself a, a little bit of flexibility and leeway, holding yourself accountable, but still, um, you know, knowing that we are human and, and that things will happen like that. Right. Let's uh, let's start really simple. Uh, obviously, I think most people listening to this understand becoming a vegetarian, what that entails. But you're promoting a plant-based diet, a vegan diet, and and talk about that in your website. And again, I bought your cookbook. For those that are listening, uh, she has a cookbook, The Ultimate Cookbook, and those will be in the show notes. Head over to fmpodcast.com. I'll have the Amazon link there so that you can buy Melissa's book. Um, I'm excited to get it tomorrow. And as we were talking about in our pre. Uh, pre-interview chat there. My wife and I are super into uh, at home cooking healthy. We love going out to restaurants too, but when we're home, we love uh, you know new recipes and new ways of doing things. So excited to to bring your book into our kitchen. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool. But uh, so back to this. Talk about what being vegan is, because I know that I mean I now understand it, and my little sister is vegetarian, bordering on vegan and right. i have a better understanding of it but probably 2 years ago i had no idea what it even meant so why right. don't we just start real simple and just explain what that is
1: yeah well you know so there's i think there's kind of different levels of things i mean there's there's the hardcore activist vegans who are You know, they won't wear leather. They really fight for the animals. There's, you know, they won't even eat honey, which is manufactured obviously through bees who are an insect. So they don't really engage in, in utilizing products that come from any living thing. So that's really what a hardcore vegan is. My term of veganism really, you know, and I don't believe that everyone needs to be a vegan. That's really why I tout plant-based eating because I feel that, the more fruits and vegetables and whole foods that you have in your life, the healthier you're going to be. And that doesn't mean you need to be vegan, which vegan in, in light terms is just basically you don't eat any animal products. So no cheese, no fish, you know, no, no uh, dairy, no meat, things like that. Right. Vegetarianism, uh, vegetarians still will eat dairy. They'll still eat cheese. So you see a lot of vegetarians eating pizza or eating things that are really unhealthy for them. Um, And that's why I don't really tout vegetarianism or veganism. I'm really a supporter of plant-based whole food eating. Got it. Um, You know, and and myself, I I pretty much eat, I'd say, 99% vegan. Um, You know, every once in a while I will have, you know, maybe once every three months a piece of cheese or some fish. And it's really about listening to what my body needs. And that's kind of what I teach people is starting to tune into the needs of your body, what does your body need? And when your body's clean and working and functioning properly, it will al- the body never lies. It will always tell you what it needs. So, you know, from from strict like layman's terms, vegan is just no animal products, vegetarian is dairy, and then you have people who are like, I'm a pescetarian, which means I eat fish, you know? So there's like all these kind of these terms and Tony calls himself a flexitarian, which is like you're you're flexible in that you don't you don't really you eat clean and you eat healthy but you you allow yourself to have the things your body needs really
0: i mean that's important to listen to your body and do what your body needs as well are there enough nutrients cuz i know there's a lot of proteins and stuff in in animal like chickens turkeys fishes right. etc is there enough of that if you are more in the vegan where you're not even having dairy? Or do you need to supplement that with maybe protein shakes? Because I actually did a cleanse a few months back where it was a protein shake that was 100% plant-based shake, right? right? It's a powder you mix with uh, almond milk. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, I think, 22 grams of protein. So if you're on a primarily plant-based diet, do you need to supplement in your proteins? Or is that enough already in the plants you're eating? Talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean it depends, you know. I mean you don't like I don't really supplement my protein, and I've never had protein issues. So, um, you know, there there is a lot of protein in plant based foods, especially quinoa, which is a perfect protein. It's really high in protein. You have things like tempeh, which is fermented uh, non GMO organic soy, and they ferment it with grains. It's got a meaty type texture. It's got tons of protein in it. Um, you have brown rice. You have beans. You know, there's there's definitely enough protein in a plant-based diet. And if you're someone, especially a male who exercises a lot, you can supplement with a really good high end vegan protein powder. If you feel like that's something that you need. Um, but for me, I found that I don't need to do that. And then I'm, you know, I have the energy I have, you know, plenty of, I feel nourished, you know, I don't feel like my body's really missing anything. Um, so you can definitely get it from eating a whole foods diet, plant-based diet. Um, And also, you know, our ideas about protein, we, you know, as a society, we're kind of obsessed with it in a way that we're eating much more than we really need. Um, So, you know, that's been something that I've learned along the way is that like we, you know, when you eat too much protein, it can put your body in ketosis. It starts to actually, your body starts to get toxic because your kidneys can't handle the amount of protein that's going through your body.
0: You know, I heard someone talking about that, that too much protein can actually be bad for you. I yeah uh growing up as a teen male and then early twenties, I was always struggling to put weight on and how right. things have changed once I hit thirty, right? But uh, <laughs> right. uh in high school playing football and then in college and my sports and stuff, it was always I needed to gain ten, fifteen pounds and I was having like two hundred grams of protein a day, like just shoving that stuff down my throat to, you know, go to the gym, etc. and um Somebody along the way said something like that, you know, hey, too much protein can actually harm your body. I always thought that your body would use what it needs and just get rid of the rest, but you're saying it can actually be hard in your kidneys as well?
1: Yeah, because it processes through your liver and kidneys. So anytime like, you you know, your kidneys and liver get overloaded, um, they can really start to get toxic. And they, you know, because our, our liver and kidneys cleanse everything out of our body. And if you, you have too much of one thing coming in, it's like they, they get overloaded and they can't handle it. It's, like, it's why the liver shuts down when you drink too much alcohol. It's kind of the same thing. Um, you know, so it's, it's really important to kind of be balanced and not really, you know, overload your kidneys and also your digestion you know like when we overeat and we eat too much food and we eat too much sugar our digestive system doesn't work properly either you know so there's a lot of little things in there that you want to you know eat till you're satisfied you want to eat a good variety of foods you know so you you want to have balance in that way so that your body can work the way it's meant to
0: curious your thoughts on this a a conversation my buddies and i have had what are your thoughts on juicing versus blending this might be you know totally outside of what your focus is but i hear that by juicing you get all the phytonutrients but then by just blending things you get all the fibers and Do you know anything about that? And can you talk about it all? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear it because I've gotten into juicing more recently. I I love it. And, uh, it's, it's good and it it makes me feel better and it's, you know, it's it's cleansing in and of itself, but then, you know, there's, there's my buddy who argues, yeah, but all you're getting is the juice and all the fibers are being thrown away. It's better to just do a smoothie and blend it all. And, and so, and I think there's values in that too. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Well, there's value in both actually. So it's really not one or the other. It's both. So the thing with juicing is that the fibers are removed. So you're actually getting the quickest shot of nutrients that you could possibly get directly into your bloodstream. So they're used for two different things. Juicing is really used to get that direct shot of nutrients right into your bloodstream, um, which a lot of times, especially if we if our bodies are really acidic, if we eat a lot of sugar or we, you know, eat a lot of animal products, and we want to kind of balance things out, juicing is the best way to do that. Green juicing, not not fruit juices, and then smoothies, you know, are great to yeah get a lot of nutrients, get a lot of fiber. It, it's basically you can have a meal out of a smoothie. Right. Um, so I think that they're really used for two different things, and I think that they work together very well, and it's not really one or the other. Um, They do two different things. And, uh, you know, my body craves green juice. Like I, you know, like I wake up and I'm like, oh, green juice. That's what I really want. You know what I mean? So I know that I'm really wanting that quick shot of nutrients, the the alkalinization in the body. So they are two different things. And if you use a cold press juicer, which is it's it's basically a masticating juicer which really breaks down the cells and that's when you get the most nutrients and you want to drink your juice right away within like, you know, the first few hours because it starts to lose nutrients. And then, you know, as far as smoothies go, yeah, you can have a meal in a smoothie and add anything that you want and you get plenty of benefit and fiber out of that.
0: That's interesting. So the answer is do them both. Do them both. Well, right it's not in. really
1: one or the other in my opinion.
0: Okay. I want to go back to something you said probably 10 or 15 minutes ago when you're introducing yourself, you're talking about having these plant-based diets isn't just better for you, but it's better for the environment that uh, the right. animal, I think, it, I don't know what you call it, animal manufacturing or whatever is harsh on the environment. Speak a little bit about that because I have a friend who's passionate about that. She's always posting on Facebook and talking about uh, just, you know, what the cows do to our atmosphere and right. uh, just the chickens and just the way that, and then you see those films too. Um, I watched yeah. a film on on Netflix that talks about just the cruelty of the animals and how it promotes right. doing everything organic, free range chickens, not caged chickens, free range eggs, all that stuff. And right. that if there was a higher demand for it, that these animals, I guess you'd call them people that are manufacturing, but just this animal cruelty would stop. And so right, that's something my wife and I have done. We don't eat a lot of red meat very rarely, but I, I eat chickens, turkey, Uh, I say my favorite is if it's in the water, I love fish. And then seconds, two legs, right? Like turkey, chicken, and then four legs, worst case scenario, like, like a cow or something. Right. That's just our personal whatever. And so we make sure to get, you know, organic free range eggs and organic free range chickens now, because what I'm seeing in these different movies that are popping up is if more people were buying that, then the grocers would respond by supplying more of that, which would put a better demand in that and slowly right. fix a problem. But talk a little bit about that because you know, you see these films that are showing footage and, you know, then there's the the people, the lobbyists against that that say, Oh, it's inflammatory and this is all baloney. But what mm-hmm. are your thoughts? What I mean, what's really happening out there with the food industry, with with animals and specifically to our environment and just animal cruelty or, or whatever, all that together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a loaded subject and it's really, I mean, I I would say that it's all about education. And, and one of the ways that I got really educated was by reading the book, Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Foer. It's an incredible book and it's, uh, he basically did a lot of undercover stuff in these factory farms. And, um, you know, it's incredible in the sense of educating about what is really going on out there. 99.9% of all chicken and turkey is factory farmed. So it's very, very hard to find chicken or turkey, even when it says free range. There's all these FDA guidelines that are very loose that don't really, you know, it means like, oh, they don't, you know, they have an extra inch in their cage. So there's a lot of different things that are going on that the public is not aware of. And, you know, for me, I, when I became vegan, it wasn't about the animals. It was more from a health standpoint. And now as I go more into life, I mean, I love animals and I really try to educate myself on what's happening. And, you know, the the animal industry, especially the cattle industry, if you think about, you know, basically the amount of water it uses, they grow corn, soy, and, uh, well corn and soy are the two major uh feeds that they grow and they're they're all genetically modified so you're you're you know you're having these crops that are they grow more crops of that than vegetables in the world and it's to feed the cows and basically so you're using all this land and all this water to feed these cows that are totally being mistreated and you know we're in a drought here in California and the right. farmers the farmers have you know, especially on the central coast, they have, they can use any kind of amount of water they want. They have no limitations. So everyone else is suffering because of that, you know, and these animals really are being abused. And the other great thing about California is that we have so many wonderful farms that are really doing amazing things and treating their animals very well. And there's especially one cattle ranch that they have a very small lot of cows. They treat them very well and they, Uh, They put them through practices so that when they go to the slaughterhouse, they won't be so traumatized and they won't release all of those hormones into the body that actually can harm humans. You know, because we're actually ingesting, you know, when we eat animals and they go through this fear process and this horrible traumatization, we're actually ingesting that when we eat it. Yeah. So, um, So they actually put their animals through a process of like, they load them on the truck, they take them for a ride, they bring them back. And they do that a few times so that it's not such a you know, a traumatic process for them when they actually do go to the slaughterhouse, they treat their animals very, very well. So that is available. And it's really about education, like really educate yourself. Those, those movies are wonderful. Um, you know, all the documentaries that are out there. And of course the food industry is going to fight against them because the food industry is, you know, I mean, it's, it's based on capital and, you know, and, and sadly, there's another movie that came out called Fed Up. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it's about the sugar industry.
0: That's actually in my notes to bring up with you, so I'm glad you yes. make sure. Let's talk about that now. Yeah. I was before we get into Fed Up because I know that that's attacking primarily sugar, and not so much the animals. Let's let's stay on this because. Okay. Uh, I enjoy meat. I like chicken and I love fish. I I love it, and so. I'm not willing to necessarily go to the vegan personally. What does someone like me do who is 100% on board of saying animal cruelty is wrong and I don't want to eat an animal that's been felled or or fed modified stuff because obviously that's getting absorbed into the meat that I'm now eating, right? I mean, that's something that was kind of eye-opening for me is that what they're feeding these animals and these animals as they're beefing up through hormones and all these different things, that's what I'm now ingesting. I don't want that in my body. So for someone who's in my position who wants to do my part to to contribute to uh proper care of animals and all of yeah. that but still I mean I'm I'm hosting uh people over this weekend I'm going to you know I'm going to barbecue I'll have some corn on right. there I'll have some asparagus and I'll have something salmon or chicken or something how can I continue to live my life if I don't want to give meat up yet right. while not being a part of the problem what does someone like me do
1: yeah yeah. Again, it's about education. So it's about learning where it comes from. You know, um, in, in California, we can meet our farmers. We can actually go tour the farms. So it's really about educating yourself. Um, you know, that book I mentioned, eating animals is wonderful. Any of Michael Pollan's books, the omnivore's dilemma. Um, I mean, all of his books are incredible as far as the education and what you can do. And really it's about buy the grass fed beef, buy the, um, you know, the pasture raised eggs or, you know, I mean, so many people here in California have chickens and it's like, we can go to anybody's backyard and grab eggs. And it's like, then you know, you're getting like the real thing. You're not contributing to anything. So it is just about educating and, you know, finding, talking to like the butchers at a certain store, shopping in, in healthier stores, you know, and you will pay more, but you'll get more quality and you'll, you'll be contributing to, um, better practices versus the the opposite, you know? So it's just really about the education.
0: Yeah. And that's important. You know, like you said, you will pay more, but what's, what's saving a few dollars if you're putting something in your body that could even potentially be carcinogenic, right? It's like, right. Oh, I want to save, okay, this fully organic is 10 bucks and this, you know, whatever the opposite would be called is five bucks. I'll save five bucks, but now you're ingesting things that could be potentially harmful. So I I guess it just, like you said, it comes down to educating because I, like I said, you know, I, I enjoy, I I can't remember last time I ate steak or hamburger or anything. You know, the red meats just aren't, and it's not even like I'm, have a problem against it's just not my taste, right? I love the right. the wider meats, if you will, like fishes and chickens and stuff. But uh, I definitely don't want to contribute to what is obviously a problem. And just like you said, they're capitalists. Uh, they're here to make money, and that's fine. Um, but not at the cost of our own health. And so, right, you know, that's right. that's it's becoming a problem. And yeah then you, then you transition into the sugars and stuff. And, and that's kind of what fed up is all about. It's real big right now as we're recording this in September, 2014, it's all over social media. It's all over, you know, everywhere. Everyone's talking about this new show fed up. I actually haven't watched it yet. I saw, I think it's already in Netflix. Um, yeah. I think I saw it on there and it was, it's on my to-do list to watch. So, right. uh, but I've watched the, uh, you know, the previews and it talks about it, how they do an MRI of a brain that's consuming mm-hmm. sugar versus cocaine. And it's yes. like the exact same reaction. And so yes. how we've become, uh, you know, a sugar crazed society, um, right. obviously diabetes is through the roof, uh, child obesity is through the roof, which a lot of that's contributed to their juices and the sugars that we give our children. So yeah. let's talk about that and, you know, all that processed sugar, that, uh, I don't the words that like you say on uh, on your website if you can't pronounce the words that are on the label don't eat it. So <laughs> right, all right. these words of just basically manufactured sugar. Talk a little bit about that. What uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's said that there that 80% of processed foods have added sugar in them. So if you're eating anything that's processed, like you're most likely getting some form of sugar. And, you know, food is these these food companies manufacture food with the perfect combination of sugar, salt, and fat, so that so we do get that reaction in our brain, and that we and then we do want more, we crave more. Um, there's a great book called The End of Overeating. I know I'm talking about a lot of different books, but it's really like my passion is education, so it's really important to educate yourself. But you know, the food industry is really, you know, people can say, yeah, just don't eat the stuff. Well, yes, on one side that's easy, but if you're coming from you know, an area where you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of education. Um, you're not really sure, you know, that's really what fed up is about. If you have children, you must, must, must watch that film. Cause it's really about the children of today and how the, the industry labels things like it's healthy, it's low fat. It's, you know, they use these terms where, where we think it's healthy. I mean, I went through that in the nineties where I was like, the snack wells came out and they were fat free. And I thought that was the greatest thing on the planet. And then I find out they're totally loaded with sugar. That's the first ingredient. So it's like, we're being tricked in a lot of ways by these, the way things are marketed and the way things are, you know, packaged and they're so bright and beautiful. And so it's, it really is about the education and reading labels, you know, and, like tony always says it's like if there's more than you know four or five ingredients in the item you're buying it's like you don't you don't want to really put that in your body and if you can, can't pronounce the ingredients so it's really it takes a little bit more time but once you start to know what to look for any additives any preservatives any hydrogenated fats things like that then you know that these things are not good and here, here's one tip about sugar anything that has an ose at the end is a sugar Sucrose, fructose, lactose—I mean, anything that has an "ose" at the end is basically an is is a, a form of sugar. And you know, now people are using fancy names for sugar, like evaporated cane juice and dried cane juice, and so there's all these fancy names now because the sugar industry is trying to get around it and and make it look healthier. And the real thing is is just knowing educating and knowing what you're putting in your body and really doing it in minimal, minimal amounts.
0: Now, and that's specific to these processed sugars, for instance, right, uh, like in fruits, there's a lot of naturally occurring sugars. right. Um, And so what would you do for someone who wants to make these changes, who wants to give up the Oreos because they have hydrogenated oil and all that stuff in them, but then obviously they've, created these habits, literally, um, I don't know the word, maybe it's physiologically in their mind are craving what that, that sugar response does almost like a cocaine addict would, Right. Uh, how does somebody wean them, wean themselves off the sugar industry is it adding you know more sweet fruits through that transition and then we or you know what does someone do to get from as they're listening to this podcast they've got a twinkie in their mouth to <laughs> uh, you know transitioning out because back to what we said in the very beginning comfort foods like a lot of people love this stuff um, right. i've never really had a sweet tooth for whatever reason i've always gotten a stomach ache since a little kid. If I eat right. a whole bowl of ice cream, I'm bent over with stomachache. Not because of the. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what the sugar is. It's not that I'm lactose intolerant. It's just I can't eat a lot of sugar, so it's never been a huge problem for me. But I mean, you gosh, you look around anywhere, and there are these vending machines of just all Snickers bars, and yeah, you know, it's just yeah. you know where society loves our sugar. So if people are like, hey. Uh, it's not about buying into the propaganda or not. I just want to take the best care of my body because this is the only body I'm going to get. How does someone start weaning themselves off the sugar? What are some natural things they can supplement to ease the cravings going forward? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, there's a couple different schools of thought here. So, number one, a lot of people, especially Dr. Mark Hyman, say if you want to get off sugar, you have to do it cold turkey. Um, that's one way. Another way is that for me, What I really like to start to do is to steer people in the direction of what's the healthier version of what you like to eat. So you'll see when you get my cookbook, I have all kinds of really yummy desserts in there. Now they're made with low glycemic sweeteners. They're made with a lot of gluten free flours or whole grain flours, and they're they're healthier than what you would buy in the grocery store. So I always say, make the healthier version at home. You know, and and that's a start. That's a baby step, and then. Then you'll start to lose that, like now if I ever eat real sugar, it is so sweet, I immediately get a headache, your body will start to shift in that it won't really want that anymore. So you know, you can take steps in that direction, but there's, there is always a healthier version out there. I mean, I make an amazing chocolate avocado pudding that is so good for you, it's got so many healthy fats in it, um, and it tastes so delicious, and it satisfies that craving you know so there definitely is there definitely are options out there for doing it healthier now if you have a major 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 sugar addiction and you feel terrible and you're getting sick and you know i mean sugar de- dep- depresses our immune system for up to 6 hours after we eat it any kind of refined white sugar so you know when you think about like the holidays and then january january comes everybody gets sick right mm-hmm. everybody's sick in january Well, why is that? Because we've overfed our bodies, we've overeaten sugar, you know, and it's just this kind of epidemic that happens. And it's because our immune system just gets so depleted because of all the sugar we're taking in that it can't, you know, it can't defend itself. So, you know, having those healthier versions at, you know, dinner tables and and holiday gatherings. And I mean, I bring stuff to holidays all the time and people are blown away that it's healthy and that it's vegan and that it's good for you you know? Right. So they're not really missing anything. It's just knowing it's like educating and, and, and looking for like being creative, looking for the solution versus being part of the problem. Like you said, you right. know? Right. Yeah.
0: No, that's a good point. And, um, and, and it's interesting. I, you know, I challenge people to try it. It's not that it's convenient because one thing our society does with food is they want it to taste as good by adding lots of fats and sugars right. and then make it convenient. Microwave convenient. it for 67 yep. and 60 seconds and boom, you know, uh, it's a gourmet me- meal out of a box. And, uh, it's, it's not that it's an easy transition and this is leading us into my next question. Um, but it's worth it. So, and that goes back right. to to the mental thing you're talking about that yeah. it's, it's not as simple as just, Oh, okay. I'll, you know, uh, what pants do I want? The blue ones or the black ones? I'll put the black ones on like, Oh, what do I want to eat healthy or not. Right. healthy? It's not that simple as making a choice. This is an entire lifestyle change, but people really need to realize that this again is your body. And, uh, it's the only one you're gonna have, and you got to take care of it and um, sicknesses and all so much of what our our society is struggling from, even cancers can be traced back to just what we're ingesting. and right. you know what if it takes twenty minutes to cook dinner instead of sixty seconds for microwaving it, uh, it might be worth the investment. You don't lose weight without yeah. going to the gym and putting the time there either. Right. And so, right. Um, and then as you were talking a minute ago about, you know, people that are heavily addicted to sugar right now, it reminds me of a buddy who drinks a six pack of Coca Cola a day, every single day. Always. Ooh. And oh his goodness. argument is, well, I don't drink coffee, so this is how I get my caffeine. And it's like, yeah, but. I've seen, I've seen the crazy stuff online of like you put in a dirty penny and a Coke and it's like the next day it's shiny and clean and, um, and so that's like the double because now they're one caffeine, which is, I think the most ingested drug in our world and then two, the sugars. And so for people who have, you know, drinking the sodas, what, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what options they have. That's, that might be a tough one to kick. And I know people, oh, I do the diet, but then it's that.
1: It's worse. Yeah. yeah, It's synthetic. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and what is it, aspartame, or what?
1: Aspartame, and yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff now. I'm not, I haven't seen a diet soda can in a long time, so I'm not sure, like what, (laughs) right? You know, they're always updating and upgrading these 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 false sweeteners, and you know, I mean, the bottom line is if you're, that's that's when it calls for more of the cold turkey thing. If you have an addiction that to, you know, you're drinking six cokes a day. I mean, that you're poisoning your body. You're poisoning your body. I mean, soda is one of the most poisonous things that you can put in your body. I mean, I'd rather see someone drink coffee over soda.
0: Right. You know what I mean? Sure.
1: Um, you know, I mean, they, it's like which is the lesser of two evils, but the soda really, really is, I mean, that's one of the biggest creators of the, the type 2 diabetes in adults is all of these sugary drinks. Right. You know, and um You know, I mean, green tea has caffeine and green tea is great for you and it gives you a more even level of energy. So it's like, that's not really an excuse. The sugar addiction is, is what's really running him is what it sounds like, you know? So, um, probably
0: have it too. he has been, doing his whole life, six, six a day, every day, his whole life. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. And,
0: you know, not to poke at him or whatever, but I'd say he's probably 60 pounds or so overweight. Oh Yeah. And what's interesting about that is I know people who have kicked their soda diets who instantly the weight just starts falling off. Oh, yes. Yep. Interesting. That's one thing for, you know, the listener who may have a lot of sodas. And this is something that popped into my mind too, a different conversation now on alcohol, but something that worked for me, my wife and I, we went through a 30 day cleanse a while back where it was zero alcohol. Like, there was a bunch of things you couldn't do. And yeah. not that my wife and I are you know, raging alcoholics, but, you know, we enjoyed having a glass of wine with dinner. And my mine's beer. Like, I love having a beer too. And when we went through that 30 days, it wasn't like, oh, what are we going to do? But definitely, you know, we had our routines going out to dinner. She orders her wine. I order my beer. We have a good conversation. And yeah. what I did in that time period was I switched to, um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Where they put the gas in it. The carbonated. Carbonated Carbonated water. water. Yeah. And and, uh, with a lime in it. In a a wine glass, right? So you feel fancy. Right. Because I realized that... I never drank enough beer to get drunk or even get a buzz. It would be like one or maybe two with dinner over right. an hour and a half. I wouldn't even feel the effects of the alcohol. It was just the bubbly, fun little drink. And by replacing that with bubbly water now, that's truly – I mean there's all types of waters that have flavorings and sugars. And I'm talking about just like your Perrier, maybe a little lime flavoring, but zero calories, zero anything. It's just right. bubbles and water. Putting a lime in there, putting it in a wine glass – I actually prefer that. Now I drink, I walk around the house now um, at home without even going out to dinner, drinking this bubbly water because it's, it's almost like the social experience. So much of, I think consuming alcohol is not to go get, you know, I mean, I guess each person their own reasons, but at least for me, it's the social thing. It's my wife and I have a, a glass together and, and it's, it's, all the ambience of being at a restaurant and ingesting that drink where swapping it for something that has the bubbles is cold, just like a beer would, but didn't have the things that the beer has in it um, was easy for me to transition. In. And of course I'm still going to drink beer, but um, it was right. a great substitute. So maybe people can start, trying yes. things like that go out there yeah. and if you're addicted to soda maybe it's the bubbles and it's it's almost like the the process of having that drink that go to try swapping it out for a bubbly drink that's not bad like water right. and then you know maybe squeeze some some natural flavorings in it like i do with lime so it's now not quite the same taste as coke but it's it's maybe a step down and, uh, you know, can help you in that direction. So that's something that just popped in my mind as we're talking, but
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I always recommend that because people, you know, people get freaked out about the whole, like, Oh, I can't be social if I'm not drinking, you know, and I, I haven't drank alcohol in about seven years and I definitely can be social and I can have fun. And you know, and it's like, It's all about what you think about it, you know, and and what's important to me. My health is important, you know, and so it's like I don't really care what anyone else thinks if I'm not being social. I know that I'm still having fun, you know, and I'm going to choose. Yeah, that's what I do. I go out and have like a bubbly water and it's it's you know, it's just about having something in your hand, you know, Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So. You know, and that's so funny, even um, I have a friend that uh, quit smoking cigarettes and what he needed to do was chew a gum, not the nicotine gum, but like it was it was having something in his hand and then having something in his mouth was right. like more of the addiction than even the nicotine. And so right. anytime he would crave a cigarette, he would go through the same process. He would excuse himself. He would go outside. Um, because so much of the smoking, and I've never smoked a cigarette, so this isn't you know coming from personal experience, but from what I hear, so much of it is that routine. It's getting a moment to yourself. It's breaking away from the group. It's having a quiet, relaxing moment is so much of outside of just the nicotine addiction of why they like that. And he still did all of that and then would go out there, put a piece of gum in, and would pretend like, I mean, not pretend like he was smoking, but go through the same motions without the cigarette. And that's how he was right. able to quit cigarettes, cold Turkey without patches or gum or any of that stuff. So right. it might just be continuing the same habit, but supplementing what you're ingesting to get you through that transition period. So, yeah. um, you know, for what it's worth for the people that are listening to this and want to make these changes that realize that their health is important and that they might have some overweight problems or even greater problems, type two diabetes, et cetera. Uh, you got to change it now it's not later it's now so right right let's absolutely. talk about this 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 is a question I wrote down that I definitely wanted to get to for someone who has your diet it's it's obviously healthier it's better for your body but let's be real it's not how the food industry whether it be restaurants or or grocery stores caters to how do you I mean, how inconvenient is it? How do you do it? Like, how does someone like me, for instance, I travel a ton, whether it be for business or socially, um, I, I just got home five days ago from a trip and I leave in three more days for Vegas. Right. So I'm always in airports. I'm always in hotels and I'm always in restaurants. If I wanted to start making changes, but I'm in a set menu, right. I'm at, uh, PF Chang's and it's, it's just, they have what they have. How do you do that? Do you just eat more at home than you do out? Or are there certain things that someone can look for on menus or avoid on menus? How inconvenient is it to make that transition to start eating clean and healthy if you have a business life or a social life that has you out in restaurants a lot like mine does? Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that definitely takes more work. And and you know, it, in my opinion, it never felt like an inconvenience to me. It just felt like This is my body and I want to take care of it. So what I started to do was to um, ask for what I needed. I I tell all my people who go through my cleanses, like, they're like, can we do this cleanse and and eat out? Yeah, absolutely. You just have to ask for what you need. And a lot of times, like going into P.F. Chang's, it's like, hey, can you, you know, make it like if you look at a menu in a restaurant and you see all the different options that are available, you just say, Hey, can you put this together for me? And most restaurants these days are happy to do that because there's so many allergies that that are running rampant now with people. It's almost like restaurants have to cater to that. So, you know, they don't want anyone to get sick. They do want to be able to provide what people need. So it's really about, in my opinion, asking for what you need. And that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, you know, but I mean, I'll go into a restaurant and say, hey, can I have this without the cheese or can you make this, you know, for example, I went to um, an Italian, they make their own pasta and it's in the public market here in Santa Barbara and I went with my friend and she ordered some ravioli and I ordered a salad that, that they didn't have anything vegan or vegetarian there and the salad had shrimp on it and I just, I was like, I just ordered it with the shrimp and gave the shrimp to my friend, you know, or I could have just said, hey, can you make this without the shrimp? Most people are happy to do that. So- It's really about asking yourself. You can do a little pre-planning by, by, you know, looking online at menus, calling the restaurant ahead of time, especially if it's like a, you know, you're going to a bigger event and just saying, hey, you know, I have this kind of quote-unquote special diet and would you be willing to, you know, accommodate me? And most, most places these days will, you know what I mean? So it does take a little bit of work in the beginning. I don't see it as an inconvenience at all because I see it as like, it's my body, and I right. want to take care of my body. And I do eat home more than I eat out, and that's because I know what's going in my food. I know how fresh it is. I actually like my food better than any restaurant I go in, truthfully. <laughs> um, you know, so. But I, but again, it's like yeah, people who travel. You know, Tony's someone who's tra- who travels all the time. Right. You know, and it's like all you can do is find the healthiest option available. You know what I mean?
0: Totally. Yeah, no, that's, that's good because I was always curious, um, again, on occasion, probably two or three times a year my wife will do some kick to just keep ourselves healthy or whatever. And, and you know, you do, you go to the restaurants and you've got to look at the menu and then you got to say, okay, well, I can't have this, I can have this, and you supplement it. And so I was just wondering with someone that was, I don't want to say extreme, but has the diet that you have how impossible or possible it is to still have, you know, I guess nights out on the town and going into yeah. restaurants. And so it's just a matter of, yeah. I guess researching ahead of time. Yeah. Um, again, is that more work? Sure. But is it worth it? Sure. So I guess right. really back to what you said in the very beginning of the mindset, there's the mechanics of what to eat, what not to eat, what to ask for, what to avoid, but it's the mindset of just making the commitment to do it. And if you're someone that wants to start eating healthier, then uh, it might just, instead of picking any restaurant, it might just be doing some work ahead of time. And I'm finding too, that there are a lot more restaurants that seem to be having, uh, like they've got the little symbol next to it that says like it's vegan friendly or vegetarian friendly because I think more and more of our society is catching on and, and jumping on board with uh, plant-based diets or at least health-conscious diets, right? And so I'm right. noticing that it seems that e- a lot more restaurants – I think you know what I'm talking about. It'll say next to it whether it's spicy or not or this will have a V because it's vegan friendly, et cetera. And right. so. I think that it's becoming easier than maybe if you're, you were vegan 10 years ago. Right. And, uh, I would guess it will continue to do that. But, uh, yeah, I always wondered because I have no problem, uh, again, with, with eating certain meats, but, uh, I would love to eat as healthy as possible. I'm just wondering how hard it would be to, to do that while you're traveling. Like I travel and I I eat out more than I eat home. Right. Even when when I'm home with my wife, we went out to sushi last night. Right. So it's just, uh, we just like to go out and enjoy our foods
1: yeah yeah I mean, it is a social thing, and it's something you know we connect over food, it's something that we do, and you know and it, it's it's just about making the healthiest choices. and like when you when you do get on a healthier path, you're going to go to restaurants that will offer more healthy things, usually, you know, so you your 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 mindset kind of starts to shift. It's like you're not going to really probably go through a McDonald's drive-through, you know what I mean, sure. because you know that there's really not anything there that's going to feed your body or be good for you, really. So as you start to go on this journey of, of wanting to be healthier, you'll start to seek out healthier things.
0: So what are some real quick before we trans- transition to the last couple of questions? What are some changes that people can do today in their diet? Just some simple things like on your website, you talk about start reading labels. If you can't yeah. pronounce the food or don't know what it is, don't put it in your mouth. I mean, that's some great advice. right? Um, cause maybe, you know, the extreme best option is to just go vegan. Right. But for someone who isn't quite there yet, even someone like myself that wants to eat as healthy as possible, but not necessarily go all the way vegan. What are some things that we can do today to get healthier? Things like simple stuff, adding kale to our diet or whatever. Right, What would you say for the person that as this podcast winds down the next six to seven minutes, they can do the next time they're hungry going forward? Just just some simple things, some simple steps.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can swap out white rice for brown rice, you know what I mean? Or, um, instead of white potatoes have yams or red potatoes. I mean, there's all little like different food swaps you can do. um, uh also, you know, you can, instead of having a muffin in the afternoon, make a smoothie, you know, or, um, and you can put like almond milk and lots of fresh fruit in there or have a piece of fruit and some almond butter versus like going for the bag of chips, you know? So it's like, it just takes a little bit more thought, but once you start to do it, your body's going to want it. And, you know, there are definitely, you will notice shifts. So it's like, making those decisions for yourself. Yeah. Add more kale, like throw some kale in a smoothie. You won't even taste it, you know, add more greens to your diet. Eat, you know, what I say is eat something raw every day. So have at least one salad every day. You know what I mean? And that will actually, even if you're eating, you know, cruddy stuff the rest of the time, at least you're putting something that's really high nutrient in your body, you know? So there are little things that you can do to, to, um, start to shift out of that
0: here's a question just popped to my mind and this might be in your cookbook. I haven't, I haven't got it yet. It arrives tomorrow, or maybe you can refer me to one. Is there, cause I'm, I'm imagining that your cookbook's full meals and most of them yeah. are. Is there something out there that's like healthy snacking? I'm a total snacker. I love snacking yeah. and I haven't seen anything out there that's like, Hey, if you love to snack, snack this stuff. Right. So my wife, you know, she has, she goes, we go to Trader Joe's a lot and whole foods and stuff. And there's like, um, dried Uh, seaweed chips, right? And they're salty and they're crunchy and it's just like you're eating potato chips, but it's healthy for you. It's deep green it's seaweed. So like there's things that we've done, but is there anything out there that exists for someone that wants to chill out for a second, throw their feet up on the couch and watch a football game as opposed to going for the Doritos that that's, I I mean, I think you get what I'm asking. Is there, is there something out there that says, Hey, here's great in between meal snacks that are healthy. Go for these anytime you want. Is there anything like that exists?
1: Yeah, I mean I I do have a lot of great stuff in my cookbook and my okay. cleanses my cleanses also incorporate a lot of snacks so things like hummus and there's these great gluten-free whole grain crackers out there now called Mary's crackers and um you can make your own popcorn and make it healthy with coconut oil and nutritional yeast and sea salt and um I have this great recipe for that everyone is making on football Sundays for cauliflower buffalo wings so it's like you just roast up, there's a whole recipe on my website, but you roast up cauliflower in this, with this batter in like buffalo wing sauce and people are loving it, you know? So yeah, and, and I have so many great dips. I have a, a edamame dip, I have a hummus dip, I have a black bean dip. So it's like make up those dips, cut up some fresh veggies, get some really yummy, you know, gluten-free crackers, whole grain crackers. And then you, you know, you, you have those snacks. I mean, fruit is a great snack as well. You know, fruit with like some almonds or some peanut butter or, you know, things like that, that will satisfy you.
0: And that's in your cookbook. So yeah. that'll be in the show notes as well. If people want to head over to fmpodcast.com, you can check it out, uh, the cookbook. The link on the Amazon will be there so you can buy this cookbook and get those snacks. Um, because again, I'm a total snacker I'm, I'm not, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, no, I mean, there's nothing
1: wrong with snacking as long as like you're you're eating the healthier snacks. You know, if you're eating bags of Doritos, it's probably not really going to support you. you
0: know? And it's, it's funny that you uh, mentioned cauliflower. Cauliflower is kind of a cool... Uh, food. My wife made us a couple of different times now, cauliflower pizza, uh, where she supplements the dough. It's all cauliflower. And I think like egg whites or something. So it sticks together and then putting the tomato sauce on it and sprinkling a little bit of cheese, like full blown, you're eating pizza and it almost tastes like, I mean, obviously it's not the same, but it almost tastes like pizza and it's a hundred percent plants. It's cauliflower Bread or not bread, but cauliflower crust with you know yep. tomatoes and all that stuff on it. So, cauliflower. Uh, I just ate kind some cool the one. other
1: night, and I, I actually put it up on my. If you go on my Karma Chow page on Facebook, you'll see a beautiful picture there. I put cashew cheese with pesto, and I made mayo marinara sauce, and I put mushrooms and olives, and and it was amazing.
0: And that was on your Facebook page. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll put that in the links as well, so people can uh, click on that and find you on Facebook. So that's cool yeah. too. Cool. Yeah. It's interesting. We're we're at the end of the show now, and I never even got around to asking any business related questions outside <laughs> of outside of uh, you know being an expert in this field and and everything you know about the foods we're eating. Melissa also has a business around this as well, where she's able to not just live this lifestyle, uh, but be able to help people and monetize it as well. And that's something we're really passionate about over here. Melissa is people finding ways to do what they're passionate about while profiting from it right of, right. of being right. able to take their passions their skills their their ambitions and figuring out ways to monetize that you've done it as well and because we're at the end of the show now we don't have time to talk too much about your business model but just a couple couple of questions uh, because you are who you are in the world that you're in as far as the fitness and health and having the success you're having while being able to pay your bills while doing it uh, others would love to have that type of success what would you say is your two to three ingredient recipe for success that worked for you of doing what you love to do and getting paid for?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Number one is know your value. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, in the beginning I was always doing stuff for free and I thought, wow, nobody's going to value me if I keep doing this. So it's like, I really, really had to tap into knowing my own value and what I'm worth and that my, the education that I've received and what I know is very valuable and people you know, we'll pay for it. There's so much information out there that, that is not helpful and is overwhelming. And it's like, to be able to, to know, to work with someone who has that information and can impart it in a way to really help you change your life, that's super important. So knowing your own value, keep moving forward, no matter what, you know, it's like, putting one step, one foot in front of the other. I mean, there were many times where I'm like, I can't do this. It's too hard to be an entrepreneur. It's too, you know, it's too inconsistent. And, and it's just keep, you know, keep your vision and keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know, and, and my business is always morphing and always recreating and always, you know, changing and shifting. So it's, it's really about, you know, flowing with all of that and, and staying true to the vision really.
0: More, more on that. We'll have your website on the show notes as well. So people can kind of learn more about your business model. I know that you do one-on-one consulting. You've obviously got your different books up there. You've got your, your cleanses, not cleanses, but your challenges. There's a 30 day challenge on there. And so, uh, so I'll have that on there so people can go and learn more about it since we didn't have a chance to talk about it. But we were uh, we were focusing on other things, so that's good. <laughs> what would you say is the most valuable lesson that you've learned or that someone shared with you along the way that if you could go all the way back to the beginning of your entrepreneurial career, you wish you would have known it from the start?
1: Mm, interesting. You know, that's really hard to say because I feel like, Every step in the journey has been important, you know what I mean sure. and that and that I had to go through all of those to get where I am, and I mean, I think for me, Tony Horton was my biggest mentor. I mean, he always just said, "Keep going, no matter what. He's like, "You are so talented, you have so much information, and he always believed in me, so he you know it, it was just keep going. that was really the thing and and don't give up, you know so and and every every step that I've taken has been part of the journey, you
0: know. Yeah. And even the failures too. And that's exactly, I'm, that's, that's good that you share that because, uh, you talked about that earlier, you know, we're not perfect and you might have the one cookie that doesn't mean that you failed and you quit now. Same thing right. in business. You know, you might have what you thought was going to be huge and monetize and blow the doors off in sales. Nobody buys it. That doesn't mean you're a failure. You keep pushing forward, modifying Exactly. and learn from, uh, your, your, you know, you celebrate all wins, but you learn from all the failures along the way as well. So Right. you know and that's good and that's that's something for you know every entrepreneur to keep in mind that uh if it was all puppy dogs and lollipops everyone would do it <laughs> right and so uh, right. so it's definitely a matter of keeping your eye on the prize and keeping pushing forward so that's great yeah. Uh this is one that I'm sure you're passionate about. How do you find peace and get rest in your routine? Obviously, uh you're you're busy, you're working, you're you're doing your own personal life, you've got all that. How do you get calm? How do you find peace? How do you work on your inner game? What do you do for that?
1: Yeah. Um, I make it a priority. You know, every morning I uh I sit and meditate or I just sit quietly and I write and I read. So I, I give myself a half hour window in the morning to do that. And it's, it's pretty much non-negotiable. And then, you know, I do other things throughout the day that fill my soul, whether it's like take a break and go to the beach with my dog, go, I have a horse that I ride, go ride my horse for an hour. Like I make sure I do something each day that fills my soul. Because if I didn't, and I just worked all the time, I wouldn't, my business wouldn't be successful. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't be able to serve people I I wouldn't be walking, walking my talk, you know, and that's really, really important for me to to walk my talk. It's like, I like that. Yeah. I mean, Tony gets in the gym every day. He's not just saying like, you got to work out six days a week and he's not doing it. He's doing it. You know what I mean? So it's like walking that talk and really, you know, taking those steps to nurture my soul so that I can show up for other people and be of service. And, you know, that's what's really important to me.
0: You know, you just called me out. Actually, I'm I'm thinking about that. I actually uh, I have a good buddy who he and I used to surf a lot together, and I've been real busy. And we actually scheduled to go surfing today, and uh, I haven't canceled on him yet. I was planning on it, but back <laughs> <laughs> I've just you know. And you know that we talked about uh, just getting back from Cabo and how that was crazy. Right. So my life's still a whirlwind of of trying to recover from going through a hurricane in Cabo right now. But Oof, um, yeah, but uh, and so I have every excuse in the world why to why to bail on him, but staying, you know, walking my talk, like you just said, I'm promoting healthy, balanced lifestyle all day long. And now here I am working 15 hour days, trying to catch up in all my businesses because I was gone and completely. Anyway. All right. You called me out. I'm going surfing. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
1: one hour out in the water is going to reinvigorate you and nothing's right. going to fall apart. You know right what I on. mean? Right yeah. on.
0: All right. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: All right. So last question. What parting piece of gold do you have for the listeners? The Must read book. And you've mentioned four that I'll have in the show notes. Um, awesome. A quote or just something you believe they need to hear from you.
1: I mean, I think that it's really like this life is just, I mean, the, the life is such a journey and it's really about staying true to yourself and like what's really important to yourself. And I know that that kind of sounds very cliche and you know but it's it's like taking those steps for yourself to really like i like i just said fill your soul up do the things that you love so that you can be of service to others in the world you know and that that to me is pure success right. i think you know
0: no, that's important we talk a lot about that too and and bring yeah. the financial angle into it as well as right. it's hard it's hard to serve people if you're uh, having to focus inward to just keep your bills paid so uh, right. i like that you bring it from the health side as well that if you're not if you're not functioning at your highest potential and staying true to yourself, there's not a lot you can do for other people there as well. So, exactly. that's exactly. good. Stay true to your core. Be be yeah. you. You know what's funny yep. too? It's definitely you're a, you're a student of Tony's. That was his biggest piece of advice. Um, really, not necessarily <laughs> to answer this question, but throughout the course of our, hour interview, he talked about how so much of, you know, his success and what he's done with Beachbody, which we didn't even have a chance to talk about what you're doing with Beachbody. (laughs) We knew this would be like a two hour interview. My bad. (laughs) But, um, just, he was just talking about so much of that as just being true to himself, period. He was just doing him. And as a result of Tony being Tony, he is a Tony Horton we know today. And it sounds like that's working well for you. So there's of the same messages that are working well for the listener, you know, just be yourself as far as not trying to fake it, to impress people, to get opportunity, right. like just do you and opportunity will yep. come.
1: Yep. Cause right that's on. when people can, cause when you're doing you, then other people have permission to do them.
0: Oh you yeah. Totally. I mean? Totally. Yeah, so right on Melissa. All right. Well, what's the best way for people to find you? Is there a Twitter, Facebook website? Where do you want to send people to learn from and stay in touch with you?
1: Yeah, KarmaChow dot com is my website. That's where my books are, my cleanses. I have all my services up there. My Facebook page is Karma Chow, which is um, you know, a great place for resources. I post a lot of different recipes and fun health tips. I post some, you know, things about lifestyle. So there's there's kind of everything there. And you get to see lots of pictures of my dog too. <laughs> awesome. I love the dog. So yeah.
0: <laughs> what kind of dog do you have?
1: She's a pit bull mix. She's awesome.
0: Nice. I have a couple of boxers and they're, uh, they're oh the best.
1: yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All
0: right. Well, those resources can be found at fmpodcast.com. So just head on over there, uh, find the show notes from Melissa's interview and all the different books she talked about, uh, her website, her Facebook, all that will be there. So you can just click there, buy her book, get those recipes. And I'm really looking forward to getting some better snack food options personally, but, uh, yeah. my wife will love the whole meal that you have in there as well. Yeah. Uh, but well, so let me know ahead. what you think about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, I'm just below you here. I'm down in Orange County. So I'm, a, I'm, in, I'm in Cali, too. Maybe we'll even bump into each other eventually.
1: That would be awesome.
0: But uh, thank you again for your time. We appreciate you. It's, uh, it's been awesome chatting with you.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks so much.
0: Again, the show notes for this episode can be found at fmpodcast.com forward slash episode 33. Thank you so much for catching another episode of the show. It was great having Melissa. I learned a ton, and I'm sure you did as well. Find Melissa on social media. Shout out to her through Twitter or Facebook or any of her platforms and ways to get a hold of her. Let her know what you thought of the show. And uh, check out her book. The book, since I recorded this episode, has arrived. It is fantastic. There's a lot of great recipes in there. And it actually, the food tastes amazing. You're not sacrificing taste that's for sure i know that a lot of people are hesitant on eating quote-unquote healthier because uh, they don't think healthy tastes good well i would challenge you to uh, buy melissa's book make some of the stuff in it and give it a try because i am enjoying it thank you again one more time for catching this episode we are so appreciative of you guys listening as always find us on social media head on over to first off our website at fmpodcast.com or you can find me personally on any of the social media platforms twitter i'm at cole hatter facebook instagram forward slash cole hatter send me a message let me know what you think or as always you can email us info at cole thanks again guys we appreciate you we love you go out there get after it and be fearless